I said stop calling. I'm not discussing it. If you call one more time, I'm turning off the ringer. Karamatsu returned the phone's receiver to its cradle with more force than was really necessary and leaned heavily against the cabinet, dragging a hand across his tired face. It had already been two weeks since he'd ended his relationship with Matsuri. Two long, stressful, difficult weeks. Whenever he went out anywhere, his skin crawled with the paranoia of being watched. Whenever he stayed home, the phone would ring. As exhausting as it was to keep his guard up at all hours and to smother his natural instinct to forgive Matsuri the instant he heard her voice pleading for nothing more than the chance to talk, it was even more harrowing to know that he wasn't capable of keeping track of his brothers whenever they left the house. Never before had it felt so frustrating to be a sex clerk. Matosu Matsu and Choromatsu usually went to places where there were plenty of other people. Todimatsu typically hung out with friends, and Jushimatsu always came home before dark. They would be fine, even if Karamatsu couldn't watch over them. They would be fine, even if something happened. They were all adults. They could handle themselves. He did consider telling them about the debacle, but he wasn't exactly prepared to be laughed at yet. The wound was still too fresh. With a heavy sigh, Karamatsu pushed away from the wall and passed through the halls to return to the upstairs bedroom that she shared with his brothers. At least they were all together, more often than not. It allowed him a bit of reprieve from his worries and fears, and their presence did a world of good towards keeping Karamatsu grounded, towards keeping the things that were truly important locked safely in his heart, even as a maelstrom of guilt and regret battered and rocked his resolve. Karamatsu approached the green sofa and dropped himself onto the cushion beside Ichimatsu, his back to his brother's side. Ichimatsu bristled, but when Karamatsu pulled up one of his legs and rested the side of his face against his knee with a soft, hollow sigh, the fourth son's shoulders relaxed, and their close proximity went without comment. Otimatsu watched with a raised eyebrow until, ultimately, his curiosity got the better of him. Karamatsu, he said, his intonation lazy, almost disinterested. You're fighting with Matsuri-chan right now, right? Karamatsu turned his head to hide the grimace that involuntarily appeared. Because I feel like you're probably fighting, Otimatsu continued. You've been all mopey for a while now. Even though before, you were acting like the sun shines straight out from between your arse cheeks. And usually when the phone rings, you're down there for a solid hour. But lately you've been hanging up right away. He gasped and straightened up where he sat. Wait a minute. You're not fighting because you started it, are you? Like, you're mad at her even though she's apologising? Karamatsu's grimace became a scowl. Shut up, stupid eldest son. You don't know anything. When Otomatsu spoke again, disbelief coated his voice. Karamatsu, are you an idiot? Where else are you going to find someone who actually thinks your painfulness is cool? This is a once-in-a-lifetime miracle. No, once in ten lifetimes. Make up with her already. Hey. Ichimatsu's half-lidded stare fell upon Otomatsu for several long moments. But even once he looked away, he didn't say anything more. Otimatsu blinked. Wah, Ichimatsu? Ichimatsu remained silent. The confusion in Otimatsu's features slowly shifted to suspicion, and from suspicion came shock. He jumped to his feet and thrust an accusatory finger in Ichimatsu's direction. Hang on just a minute, you're defending Karamatsu? Karamatsu looked up in surprise, and Ichimatsu glowered. I'm not. Holy shit! But if you, of all people, are defending Karamatsu, then... Then what does that make me? Choromatsu heaved a sigh. The shittiest asshole on the face of this blue earth, he supplied. He moved a piece on the checkerboard he shared with Jushimatsu and added, Not that that's anything new. Otimatsu fell to his knees with a long, dramatic, No! Karamatsu didn't have the strength of heart to laugh, but a soft smile still drew itself across his lips. If nothing else, he was glad that he wouldn't have to be lonely.
Mercifully, Matsuri's frequent calls stopped after Karamatsu's threat to silence the ringer. It felt miserable to shun someone whose wrongdoings were motivated only by love for him, but Karamatsu couldn't abide a person who would hurt his family for any reason. It was the same as being hurt himself. No, it was worse than being hurt himself. Countless times worse. But it was behind him, and more than anything, he just wanted to move on. Even if she kept watching him, following him, and photographing him, he wasn't going to be bound to her. He wanted to live in a way that he would be proud of. Boldly, openly, passionately, fearlessly. Plus, he didn't want to stay cooped up in the house for the rest of his life. He rather enjoyed the sunshine, and it was good for his complexion. And so Karamatsu made the decision to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. So what if Matsuri wanted to take countless photos of him? He was gorgeous, and she would be damn lucky to have them. About a month after the ugly breakup, Karamatsu finally started to feel like himself again. In the end, he'd never been able to find the words to confess to his brothers the truth about the awful situation he'd gotten himself into, but he knew that they could read between the lines at least well enough to determine that he wasn't seeing Matsuri anymore. And, failing that, he knew he could rely on Otomatsu's sixth sense to pick up on the fact. Nobody ever asked about why the phone calls stopped, so it seemed they'd gotten the message. He sure did have a lot more free time all of a sudden, though. Karamatsu Nissan, you're not doing anything, right? Karamatsu lifted his gaze from the mirror he'd been idly looking into and shifted his attention to Tonematsu as the youngest son addressed him. Oh yeah, I'm not doing anything. I am indeed quite free at the moment. Is there something I can help you with? Tonematsu frowned, shrugged, and stepped up and away from the table. Come shopping with me, he said. And please don't go change your clothes first. The sweatshirt is fine. Karamatsu's disposition brightened. No, no, mon frère. If I'm to join you on an excursion, it simply won't do if I... Okay, never mind. I'll just ask Jushi Matsunisan instead. Wait, okay, okay, I won't change. He couldn't understand why the fashionable Todomatsu wouldn't want Karamatsu to look his best while in his company, though. Todomatsu just wanted to look good in comparison to Karamatsu without being embarrassed by him. Karamatsu followed dutifully alongside Todomatsu as he exited the house and started walking. The sky was heavy with grey clouds that heralded the approach of the rainy season, but the temperature was pleasant and the air was full of birdsong. Overall, it was a nice day. So why did the atmosphere feel so strangely uncomfortable? Karamatsu glanced to his brother beside him. Todomatsu swiped his thumb across the screen idly, his attention only half-focused. It was nothing out of the ordinary, but there was something about his expression that didn't sit right with Karamatsu. Say, Totty, is there perhaps something bothering you? Todomatsu's eyes snapped up with a look of suspicion that took Karamatsu aback. Why? Just a hunch? Karamatsu ventured. Todomatsu frowned and lifted a shoulder in a dismissive shrug. It's nothing worth mentioning, he said, his tone frostily indifferent. So then it is something. Forcing Todomatsu to talk when he'd already decided against it was a recipe for disaster, though, and so Karamatsu was left with little choice but to wonder and worry. Not that there was really much to worry about, he supposed. It was Todomatsu, after all. Someone who had the physical and mental fortitude to climb Mount Fuji alone hardly needed a big brother to look out for them. Karamatsu was distracted from this lonesome thought by the realisation that Todomatsu had stopped walking. He stared at the screen of his phone with an expression of acute horror, and he quickly turned and scanned the facades of the buildings across the street. His face had a pallor to it that turned Karamatsu's stomach. In the next instant, Todomatsu clamped his hand firmly against Karamatsu's wrist and pulled his brother along at a pace that was just on the cusp of running. The first public building they came upon was a grocery store, and Todomatsu yanked open the door, shoved Karamatsu inside, and pushed him into the closest aisle, ignoring the second son's startled request for an explanation. Todomatsu! 
Karamatsu, unwilling to be brushed off any more, watched his brother's shoulder and attempted to meet his gaze. What's wrong? What happened? Todimatsu frowned and looked for a moment like he was considering coming up with an excuse, but ultimately he sidled up next to Karamatsu and showed him the screen of his smartphone. Displayed thereupon was a picture, a photograph of the two of them walking down the sidewalk they'd been on just a moment earlier. Karamatsu's fingertips went cold, but his blood was boiling. This person's a creep, Todimatsu said, his tone quiet and clipped. They've been messaging me for a couple of weeks now. I'm pretty good at making shit talkers regret their life choices, but this one kept going and going, so I got bored and blocked them. They came back on a different account and things got... weird. He navigated through a few menus and began scrolling through a slew of messages, continuing, Thank you my name, yours and everyone else's names, where we live, the places we usually visit. I thought they'd give up if I just ignored them. But then they started sending photos like the one just now. Karamatsu glared at the screen, his whole body tense. He flexed his fingers to let some of his swelling anxiety fall from his fingertips and tried to think about the situation objectively. Every fibre of his being screamed to hold Matsuri accountable. But that wasn't necessarily the truth of the matter. She was the only stalker he knew, but she definitely wasn't the only stalker in the world. Most likely wasn't the only stalker in the city, and quite possibly wasn't the only stalker in the Katsuka ward. But what were the odds? What were the odds? Karamatsu-ni-san? Todimatsu's voice pulled Karamatsu out of his discordant flurry of thoughts, and he exhaled and relaxed his features. Todimatsu, who was more private about his affairs than any of them, had chosen to confide in Karamatsu, and it was inexcusably rude for him to dwell on his own worries when his brother was so distraught. You don't need to worry about this, Todimatsu, Karamatsu said, his words soft but empathetic. You can block them, right? I can, but... Then block them and forget about it. We'll have to get close in order to do you any harm, and I absolutely won't allow it to come to that. Todimatsu stared for a moment, and then his posture loosened, a rare expression of warmth and fondness flitting ever so briefly across his face. It passed in the next moment, replaced by a more Todimatsu-like look of playful incredulity. Why are you getting so serious about all of a sudden? Trying to look cool? He heaved an insincere sigh. Eh, <sighs> yeah, I really should have asked Jushimatsu-ni-san to come instead. Well, don't you believe me, mon frere? You can rely on me to do everything in my power to- Well, maybe Ichimatsu-ni-san. I bet he'd be reliable in situations like this. Ichi, even though his leg is still broken? Oh, but on second thought, the best choice would probably be Shunosuke Hijirisawa, wouldn't it? Toti! Todimatsu smiled his cat-like smile and stepped towards the store's entrance with a light gait. Well, we're wasting time just standing here. So let's get going. Karamatsu-ni-san, I'll be counting on you to act as my human meat shield if the situation calls for it, okay? Karamatsu gave a snort and a smile and, his shoulders feeling just a bit less heavy, moved to follow. But even if Todomatsu was feeling better, he could not let this pass. Let's go to Jupiter's, Osimatsu proposed. It's been a while, but he's getting lonely about us visiting. Although Jupiter was almost assuredly not missing the brother's business, an Oden craving could only be resolved by eating Oden, and so the suggestion had passed with no opposition. Karamatsu confirmed with Ichimatsu that he was confident in his ability to reach the Oden stand on crutches, and then he announced that he was declining to accompany them. The others fussed a bit, called him boring, and finally ceded and looked without him. Now Karamatsu stood stonily in front of the household's telephone, the receiver ringing beside his ear, and ringing, and ringing. Hello, catch up on the residence? Karamatsu swallowed. Matsuri-san, this is Karamatsu. The voice on the other end brightened. Karamatsu-kun! Oh, I'm so happy to hear from you! It's been so long! For a moment, Karamatsu was baffled. 
The sound of Matsuri's voice was a nostalgic one, surreally so. It was as if nothing had happened, as if they'd never broken up, as if she'd never pushed Ichimatsu down the steps under the guise of bettering his relationship with Karamatsu. Karamatsu was poorly acquainted with the feeling of anger, but he still recognised its bitter sting rising in his chest. I'm going to cut to the chase, he said, his tone cold and unattached. Are you harassing Todematsu? A pause. When Matsuri spoke again, the almost saccharine sweetness in her words mellowed and cooled into a sound that carried the same intonation one would use when making a fret. Hey, how about we talk about this in person? 